to read and understand that everything that the Spirit of the Lord speaking through Isaiah the prophet is of the coming Christ. The first 40 chapters of Isaiah or so was an issuing of judgment against the children of Israel. This is what's going to happen. This is what will happen now in the immediate future, and this is what will happen in a future to come far off, which is yet to take place. But from 41 on, we see Isaiah, he's saying, now there's a Messiah coming. There's one who's bringing salvation, who's bringing deliverance. And he's gotten to this point in Isaiah 53, the Spirit of the Lord says, now who has believed our report? Who has believed on this one who is coming? Who will believe the Messiah? Who will believe the Son of God? Who will believe this report, this word of God? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That phrase is used often in the Old Testament, the arm of the Lord. It simply means to who is the power of God revealed to? I want you to know that when you answer that question, who's believed the report of the Lord, you're also answering, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Because those that believe the report of God are the same people that receive the power of God. And so I have to come to a place, and that's where I'm at, just me personally. I believe you're probably there too. You're in the house of the Lord. You're desiring to see and understand and know more of God. And my desire is simply this. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. As that man came to Jesus. Lord, I believe in anything in me that's unbelief, that's doubt, root it up, take it away. Lord, let your word, the sword of the Spirit, lop away every branch, every portion of this branch that's not bearing good fruit. Let everything that's in me that's not bringing forth precious fruit of righteousness. Because the faith and the fruit that we bear in our life is by the power of God living in us. And if I'm not bearing fruit, then I've got to have something cut away. Lord, if it doesn't bear fruit, cut it away. Because I want to see your power revealed in my life. So I'm choosing to believe your report. And really, that's the choice we have to make today. That's the choice we make every day. Before we move on, I just want you to think about that. Who's, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The Amplified says this. Who has believed, tr trusted in, relied upon, and clung to? Are you clinging to the Word of God today? Our message of that which was revealed to us and to whom is the power of the Lord been disclosed, been revealed, been displayed, been manifested. Every single day when we wake up, every time the sun comes up, we have a choice to make. Will I believe God's Word? Every time we make a stand of faith, we have a choice to make. Will I believe God's word and His report no matter what anyone else says? No matter what other opinion comes down the pipeline? No matter what other report I receive, will I stay steadfast on God's word? Because I'm determined to live a life that sees the power of God revealed in it. I'm determined. I refuse to back down off this report because I must have the power of God in my life. Think about it. Without the power of God in your life, I'm just living a life that I can do on my own. Without God's power in your life, you're only living a life that you can create. And though we may do okay, I don't know about you, but I need Jesus. Because I've seen the end of myself. I've seen, I, I, it's like when, when Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, the word of the Lord comes to him and said, you've been measured and you've been found lacking. You've been found wanting. Really, when we come to the end of ourself, in just us, as just us. Now understand, when you believe on Jesus, you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're a Jesus man. You're a Jesus woman. But apart from that work of the Holy Spirit of Christ revealed in us, it's just human hands. Human works. They may be okay, but they come short time and time again. But the arm of the Lord is not too short to reach. He can touch any situation. He can touch any person. He can move on any heart. He can change any community. He can save any nation. 
And I'm determined, and I believe we're a people of God, we're determined to see the power of God manifested in our life. Whose report do you believe? Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. We're going to look at some, some different passages of Scripture. You, you, you're probably like me. You know, if you, do, if you just do some daily reading in your Bible, you read, you know, over the course of time, you'll read a lot. But you might come to a passage where you say, I've read it, but I didn't see it that way. I've read it, but, you know, to, to, for me to just pull it out of the Bible and, and tell you what it means, uh, you know, I, I've, I, my eyes have seen the words. But to have it worked on my heart by the Holy Spirit, that's a different thing. And so there may be some things today, I know for me it's, it's brand new, and I'm thankful for that. Romans chapter 10, verse 15, I want you to see this. In thinking about this, there's three main things I want you to understand today. Three main things, easy, if you're taking notes. One, the Lord has spoken. Two, Satan is sowing doubt. Three, you have a choice to believe. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Are you a sent one? You're a sent one. You're a called out one. You're, you're a chosen person of God. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach, proclaim the gospel of peace, and bring glad, glad tidings of good things. You want to look better? Oh, L'Oreal might help. Maybelline might help. But if you want to look real beautiful, tell someone about Jesus. <laughs> Share someone, tell someone about the good news of Jesus Christ. That'll make you look beautiful. Amen. You all look beautiful to me today. Uh, hopefully I'm looking a little bit prettier right now. If not, I can ask my wife. She'll always say I am. Amen. Verse 16, now notice this. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Now this one, we've heard this one, especially here at Gospel Tabernacle, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How many has ever heard that before? Now notice verse 16. Paul is talking about the people of Israel, the children of Israel. He's saying that the, the word of God has been sent forth. And how beautiful are those that proclaim the gospel of God. And they've heard, but they didn't believe it. They didn't receive it as the report of the Lord. And then he gives us a principle. You want to build up your faith, hear the word of God continually. Keep hearing that report of the Lord. Verse 18, notice, but I say they have not, have they not heard? He's asking a question. Yes, they've heard. Verily, they're sound, these people in verse 15 that have proclaimed the good news of God, went out into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. God has spoken. The Lord has spoken. He's spoken through His Word. He's spoken through His prophets. He's speaking today through ministers. He's speaking today through every believer and every Christian that will open their mouth and tell someone of Christ. He's speaking in creation. He speaks in our heart by the Holy Spirit. God has is speaking. So they've heard. These Israelite people heard. They heard the Word. In fact, when you, th when you read that passage of the Sumerian woman at the well, and Jesus is there and he said, well, you give me something to drink. And she, you know, she goes in this conversation, well, if you know who I was and I was a Samaritan woman, you wouldn't ask me and this and that. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, salvation is of the Jews. We know what we worship. They had a head knowledge, but they hadn't received it as the word of God. The Jews, the Israelites, the people of Israel were first entrusted with this gospel of God. And it went in their ears but it didn't change their hearts. Because what was going in their ears, they just received it as a word, not the word. Verse 20, But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found of them, and they sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. That's you and me. God revealed his word to the children of Israel, and through unbelief, God said, I'll move on and I'll find a people that will believe on me. And even though I wasn't looking for Christ, yet while I was a sinner, He died for me. Even though you weren't looking for Jesus at the time, He made His salvation available to you and you received because He thought of you first. Verse 21, but to Israel He says, All day I have stretched forth my hands. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I've stretched forth my hands all day unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. 
Turn with me. You're in Romans 10. Turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Verse 6. A disobedient. I've stretched forth my hand all day unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Ephesians 5 and 6. See this. Let no man deceive you with vain words. The Lord has a report and the world has a report too. The Lord has a report and Satan sows doubt in their vain words. For because of those things come the wrath of God upon the children of who? Now if you look, you also see that word disobedience in the margin of my Bible in the center. It says unbelief. Unbelief. Doubt in God's word will rob you of the blessings of what God has provided. There's a continual and constant battle between faith and doubt. Between believing and not believing. And really, the, the, at the end of the day, any and every type of sin and transgression against God is based in this. I doubted what God said. I heard it, but I didn't really believe it because it didn't change my heart. It didn't change my actions. And I become like those Israelites' children, a disobedient people. The wrath of God's revealed to who? Children of disobedience. Children of unbelief. There's a choice for you and I today, every day, to believe. Whose report will you believe? Am I going to receive this Word of God as the inspired and errant Word of God breathed forth by the Holy Spirit of men of old and live my life according to it and refuse to back down no matter what any other voice in this earth will say against it? I'm not going to live in fear. Because His perfect love cast out all fear. I'm not going to hate someone because their skin color is a little bit darker or a little bit brighter than mine. Because I love all men. They will know you that you are of Christ by your love for one another. You can't make me hate anyone. And you may hate me for it. Not any of y'all, I'm saying generally. You might hate the fact that you can't make me hate anyone, but I'm not going to hate anybody. I'll love you so much, I'll speak the truth. That gets some hate sometimes, doesn't it? I, 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 will, I, refuse, I refuse to be pushed off this word. I know you do as well. I'm refusing to be pushed off this report because the Lord's spoken. The Lord has spoken. He's revealed His word. And we don't want to be like those children of Israel. Think about it. They had the gospel. They had the blessings. They lived in good times. They lived under the anointing and the blessing of the Lord. Yet they cast it off through disobedience. And what was the root of disobedience? Unbelief. Unbelief. You're in Ephesians 5. Turn to Hebrews 4. This really, this really sheds a lot of light right here on it. Hebrews chapter 4. The first point we're making is the Lord has spoken. The Lord has spoken, Ephesians 4, verse 2. Look at this. Again, talking about the children of Israel, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. Now notice what's this book titled? Hebrews. Unto us, us Hebrews. Unto us Hebrews, unto us people of God, unto us children of Israel. This gospel was preached to us as well unto them. That's you and me, or anyone that's not in the lineage of Abraham. You know, naturally. But the word preached did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They heard the same report we have heard. You and I have both heard and are hearing the same report. And you and I both have a choice. Will we mix what we've heard with faith? Will we allow this wonderful word of God to change our lives. Will we say, Lord, I submit. I yield. I receive your instruction, your commands, your precepts, your word. And allow anything in me that's not producing 
the fruit of your word, let it be cut out and pulled away. Because I want to be closer to you. I want to see you better. I want to bring you honor and glory. And I want to see your power, which is your presence, revealed in my life. The power of God cannot be separated from the presence of God. If you'll live in the presence of God, you will live in his power. It's not like we can just wrangle off some power from God and never have a relationship with him. If you'll live in the presence of God, his power is being manifested. You're in Hebrews 4, look at verse 6. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter in therein. As long as you hear the word of God, but don't receive it as the word of God, you're on the outside looking in. Therein. And they to whom it was first preached, enter not in because of unbelief. Doubt is the means by which Satan enters, enters into the life of the believer. Really, when you think about it, at the moment that you made Jesus Christ and you received Christ as your Lord and Savior, at that point, you were freed from the bondage of sin. It was all severed off. And you were made a new person, adopted into the family of God. And that vine which is Christ, you were grafted in as a branch. And your connection with sin and the world was severed. And the only way Satan can get back into your life to bring havoc and wreak destruction is through doubt and unbelief. And so, if you're like me, I'm saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Anything in me that's not believing, Lord, I don't want it because it's not born of you. And you have to do that. You have to approach every area of your life like that. Every area of life. How am I going to honor and love my wife? The way the Word instructs me to. The way the Word instructs me to. How am I going to live my life when no one's watching? The way God commands me to. How am I going to pray and honor and worship God the way he's commanded me to in his word? How am I, I going to work on the job? I'm going to do everything as unto God, giving him all glory and everything so that when people look, they can connect the dots that that man does good work and he's a believer. Everything I'm doing, everything you're doing, we have to submit to that point that, Lord, your word is rule of all, and I'll submit to it gladly. The Lord has spoken, and whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, keep, let's keep on moving. I want you to see this. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I want you to see this. Now, we have saw in just a few different passages that the Word of God is being declared and has been declared from Himself we see all through the Bible where God came personally and spoke to people. Through angelic ministry, angels of God, through ministers, prophets, through His Word that we now have, thank God, right before us and freely have. You know, some believers, some Christians, some brothers and sisters, they don't have all this before them. They're in nations where they, where they say, no, 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 we're not going to let that book in. We'll let any other book of religion in, but not going to let that Bible in because we know when it gets in here, it's going to mess everything up we've got going on. It's going to mess up our way of life, our systems of government, and we like having control over people. And when that book gets in, those people get freed up. And everything that was controlling them allows them to be broken free of it, and they become people of God, and no one can control them. Are you going to be controlled by this world? I'm not going to lay down and be controlled by this world. Amen. Mark chapter 4, I want you to see this here. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. The sower sows the word. Jesus tells us in Matthew 13 in this same teaching, the sower is sowing the word. Someone, whether it be the Lord himself or someone the Lord is anointing, is throwing out, casting out the word of God continually. Here's the report of the Lord. Here's the report of the Lord. Here's the report of the Lord. Now we're going to see four different types of ground that receive that seed. Only one has the arm of the Lord revealed to them. Only one bears forth fruit. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these that were by the wayside, off to the side. If you've got a garden tilled up, 
it's where it's not tilled up. It's over there away from that garden section. That ground has not been broken up. It's hard. Nothing's going to grow on it. The word is sown. But they have heard, they heard it, and Satan came immediately and took away that word was sown in their hearts. That, that wayward ground, they heard the word of the Lord, but they said, no, no, I won't receive it. Had obstinate hearts. Had hearts of stone. But the work of the Holy Spirit, that's why it's so important for you and I to believe and intercede and pray for people that have not received the gospel. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Ezekiel that he'll pull out that stony heart and give a new heart of flesh. And that's really what has to happen before anyone gets saved. Before you or I got saved, at some point the Holy Spirit came through with his plow and busted up that hard ground so that when the word would come, you would be able to have a chance to receive it. So the first, first hearers of this word is the, the wayside hearers. They hear the word and they immediately say, nope, not going to receive it. I'm not going to receive it. I won't take it. Get that out of here. Let's keep going. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which were sown on stony ground. So it, it's tilled up, but there's some stones in there. You could think of like gravel. If you have a gravel driveway, I tell you what. Thank the Lord for his blessing and his prosperity. Because, well, now wait a minute. Was I already married when y'all got the driveway asphalt? Or was I there? I was there for some of it, wasn't I? Yes. Because I tell you what, the worst thing ever, hot July, hot August, cutting grass, alongside that driveway, you got to cut that grass with that weed ear so it's not in the driveway. And what happens when you hit that driveway of gravel with that weed eater? You're already sweating bullets. You're already out there. There's ants. There's wasps. And then all of a sudden, rocks from that gravel hits you everywhere. And, of course, I'm not going to go put on pants. It's too hot. And I said, it's only going to be 20 minutes. I can man through it, Todd. I'll just wear my shorts and come in. Your legs are all bruised up, cut up. That's that stony ground. Stony ground. There's some root there, but it's not very deep. Let's look at it. And when they heard the word immediately, this is verse 16, the tail end of it, immediately received it with gladness. Oh, yes, hallelujah, I believe it. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, all right, we'll move on. And afterwards, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they were offended. You have to make a choice and just settle it in your heart. You know what? I love everybody. I want to see everybody saved. I want to see people love Jesus. I want to see people have the life that he's given to me, he's given to you, and, and just his life abound in this earth. It's, it's the only thing that's going to change people. We understand that, right? Government can't change people. You can't legislate righteousness into people. You can only, only bring punishment. You can't make people good. Only Jesus can do that. Different nations, every nation under the sun's tried different things, and you can't make people do anything. You can't make people change unless the power of God changes their lives. And we're a changed people. Amen. But you have to get to that point. I love everybody. I want to see people saved. But even if it brings offense, even if other, everyone else around me says, you know what, I don't like what you're believing. I don't like what you're standing for. I don't like that Jesus in that Bible. I don't believe it. I love you, but you know, Oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to pray for you. I appreciate you, but I, I've, if i got to pick sides, if you're going to make me pick sides, I've already picked before you said you were going to make me pick. I picked Jesus. I picked Jesus. In fact, in John chapter 12, Jesus, he's speaking, he's speaking to this multitude. It's powerful. And it, and it says that he's quoting Isaiah again. He's saying those that... Uh, have ears to hear, let them hear. Those that have eyes to see, let them see. And it said that some believed, some didn't. And then it specifically says, and the chief rulers believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they didn't confess him Lord. Because they feared man more than they feared God. Whose report will you believe? I'm not going to fear man more than I fear God. It, persecution, affliction... I don't want it to come, but come as it may, Lord Jesus, strengthen me that I endure to the end. 
Matthew 24, 13. Salvation comes to those that endure to the end. The Spirit of God will, can, and is making you strong enough to endure to the end. We don't want to be stony ground. I don't want to be stony ground that hears it, receives it, as long as it's good. A good weather hearer. We know about good weather friends, right? Nobody wants a good weather friend. What's a good weather friend? They're there when the weather's good. When a little storm cloud comes along, they're gone. I tell you what, you'd be out of friends all last week because about every hour storms come and then storms left. They wouldn't know when to be there and when not to be there. Verse 18. And these are they which were sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Let me ask you this before we read verse 19. We've seen wayside ground, stony ground, and now we're on thorny ground. Has any of these people not heard the word? Every one of them have heard the word. Amen? Every one of them had heard the word. The difference was what they did with what they heard. Verse 19, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choked the word. And it became what? Unfruitful. Unfruitful. The Word of God has power to change your life if you'll obey and receive and submit. The Word of God has power to change my life if I obey and receive and submit. It's what I've been hearing all year in my prayer time. If you will yield and obey. If you will yield and obey. If you will yield and obey. Everything that your mind thinks is impossible will come to pass. If you'll yield and obey that which man can't do for you, I will make it a quick and easy work. If you'll yield and obey. 1 John 2, 15 and 17. Let me just read this to you. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now understand, when the Bible talks about world, it's talking about the, this kingdom of Satan that's ruling and reigning on the earth. Do I have to convince anyone that Satan is ruling and reigning in the earth of, uh, of people that are in sin and unbelief? I don't have to convince you very hard of that, do I? We see it. All those things aren't God's will. It's not God's will people be destroyed and babies aborted and, and people live lives of perversion and be dead in sickness and disease and without. It's not God's will for that. He sent His Son so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the love of the Father is not in Him. The love of the Father is not in the person who loves the things of this world, the system of this world, the kingdom of Satan. Verse 16, For all that is in the world, notice this, is the lust of the flesh. I want it. Why? I don't, I, it, it doesn't matter why, I just want it. I want it. Give it to me now. I want it. Lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. Ooh, that looks nice. I think I'll have it. And the pride of life. Mm. Well, this is what I think. I know what God's Word has said, but this is what I think. Well, brother, you know, that sounds nice and all, but let me tell you what I think about that. Fear of man over fear of God. And is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and everything that lusts in this world with it. But the person that does the will of God will abide forever so think about that in verse 19 we just saw that the cares of this world are the lust of this flesh that's why it's so important to crucify this body that's why every time i say it anyone else says it and anytime i hear it you hear it the moment we hear this word we think of what are we going to eat we you know sometimes it might be good to fast and pray moment I hear that word, fast and pray, I think, my goodness, is it lunchtime yet? Oh, Lord, I'm wasting away already. Oh, fast and pray. Oh, Jesus, can I have a one-hour fast? Can I have a one-hour fast? Because that's how long it takes me to get up to the Golden Corral buffet. And then we'll break it with the, you know, I mean, immediately, that's what the flesh does. That's why the flesh has to be crucified. It's not that I'm beating and battering and, and abusing this body. That's not what it is. I'm taking dominion. My spirit takes dominion over this flesh. My, my spirit, by the power of God, takes dominion over this flesh so that what I do brings glory to God. So that what I do doesn't ensnare me in sin. The lust of the eyes 
is the deceitfulness or the lust of other things or pleasures of this world is the lust of the eyes. Oh, we have to train in these eyes. What 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us? We walk not by, we walk by faith, not by sight. These eyes can be so deceiving. All of the nation of Israel in Numbers 13 and 14, they're standing looking at the promised land. They're standing there at the promised land. God has already said, it's yours. Joshua and Caleb, two of those spies, say, we can do it. We can do what God said we can do. We believe the report of the Lord. Those other spies, eh, there's big walls. And there's real big giants. Oh, it's good. Oh, brother, you know it's a good land. And maybe one day, in the sweet by and by, you can have it. But there's big old walls and big old giants. And they allowed, and what did they say? And we are like grasshoppers in their sight. They allowed what they saw to determine what they believed. The lust of the eyes. Instead of making their eyes obey what they believe. I don't care what you see, eyes. You're going to see the power of God revealed in your life because I believe His Word and I refuse to be pulled off of it. Amen. Now, let's keep on going. I want you to see this. Verse 20 of Mark 4, we see is the good ground. And these are they which were sown on good ground. Verse 20 of Mark 4. Such as hear the Word and receive it. Hear the Word and receive it. When we hear the word, we receive it. We obey it. We act on it. We live by it. We live according to it. We yield to the word and we obey. And then what? Keep on. Keep on. Keep. When you have done all to stand, stand therefore. I'm not being moved from it. And then what happens? Some And you bring forth fruit. Notice, everyone brings forth fruit that hears and receives the word of the Lord. Every single person who hears and believes and receives and acts on the Word of God brings forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. You say, well, I want to be the 100-fold. Hey, hey, go for it. If I hit 30, I know I'm doing all right. I've got, do you have room to improve? Yes. But let me hit at least 30. At this, you know, hey, you might be at some point and say, let me just hit 10. Just give me 10 because 10 is more than nothing. Amen. But fruit comes forth because the life and the power of God is revealing Himself in you. Now, the Lord has spoken and Satan sows doubt. Satan is continually sowing doubt. He's seeking whom he may devour. Not going around and saying, oh, I can get him, I can get her, I can get him, I can get her. No, he's, hmm, I wonder who will believe this doubt I'm sowing. Give me just a little room to get in so I can squash you, so I can crush you. Well, it's just a tiny little space in that door, but I'll take it and I'll stick my hand in there and I'll wait till they give me a little bit more room and I'll work my way in. Because for the believer, for the believer, Satan can't just walk up into your life and bring wreak havoc and destruction. Amen. Now, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. And this is powerful. We're going we're gonna to finish up here in Genesis 2 and Matthew 4. But this is really, really eye-opening. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. Genesis 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, Adam, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But you, you know the word, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... You shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat, there you shall surely die. The Lord has spoken. Look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Now the serpent, now we understand this serpent, we believe it's a literal thing that took place. Adam and Eve really did live. They really were here in the Garden of Eden. And a serpent really was used by Satan to bring this word of deception. Verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Has God said? Verse 16 and 17 of chapter 2, God spoke. 
You can eat it all. Tend it, keep it, prune it, fertilize it, till it, anything you need to do. But this tree is mine. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it's mine. The Lord's always done that. He's always kept something back for himself. He always has, he always does. That tree, it's mine, and its fruit's mine. Any other thing, take at it. Go after it. Now, what does Satan do here through the serpent? Has God said? Did God really say that? You shall not, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Has God said that? I mean, did, I mean, after all, did God really, did you hear him right? You sure you're not taking that, taking it to an extreme? I mean, I read my Bible too, but you sure you're not taking that to an extreme, are you? Has God said? Satan's going to sow doubt the moment he can. He's going to cast out doubt the moment he can. He's going to come in and try to get some doubt to wedge into your heart in between your believing God and your receiving of God. Has God said? Now notice verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, Verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Eve, at this point, she's beginning to think, well, God said we couldn't eat it. Oh, we can't even touch the thing. No, they were commanded to keep and tend the, the garden. How are you going to tend a tree that you don't touch? Just can't eat the fruit. We just read it, verse 16, 17, chapter 2. Anything you can have it, you need it. Eve said, well, we can't eat it. We can't touch it. Be, 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 be very, be, you know, that's why it's so important to continually, daily, 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 daily read the Word of God. Because if I get a little time away from it, I, it, I have to think, well, wait a minute now. And what if, is what that's coming to my memory all of God's Word? Or am I getting a little bit off here? Am I adding a little to it? Or am I taking a lo- away a little to it? You know, and, and God commanded that in Deuteronomy 4. He said, don't you take anything away or add anything to this word. Why would you not do that? Because the word of God is the power of God. God responds to his word. God responds to his covenant. And if I add anything to it, it's the work of man. It's the work of my flesh. And I can't do what God can do. And here Eve is, she's adding something to it. We can't eat it or touch it. Deterioration of the word of God that was sown. Verse 4, and the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Immediate, complete, and total contradiction of God's word. Satan started off with a little bit of doubt. Did God really say it? She gets to add something little to it. Well, uh, yeah, we can't eat it or touch it. And then Satan said, you got it wrong. He didn't really say that. He didn't really say you can't eat it. Complete and total contradiction of of the word of God. Verse 5, For God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree, verse 6, was good for food, good for food, lust of the flesh, it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, pride of life. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. You know, you think about it, gentlemen, husbands. If the very first time the missus wanted to know where we're going to eat and the husband didn't say, I don't know, it doesn't matter where you want to eat. At the very first time that question came along, Adam said, I know where we're going to eat, not this tree. <laughs> With Laura, Laura, she, she, we've narrowed it down because we'll get in that. I mean, it, it just happens. Where you want to eat? I don't matter. Where you want to eat? Eh, it doesn't matter. Laura will say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." Three places. I'll pick the one I want. Oh, okay, I can do that. Here we we'll go. Here, here, here. All right, we'll go there. You know, and it's done with. But here's Adam. He's right there alongside Eve. He's caught up in this doubt as well. Satan's brought this doubt, and Adam's hearing it. He's he's going along right with it with Eve. He's going right along with it. And then they see this tree. They think, well, you know, it does look like pretty good food. Well, but has God spoken? Yeah, he's spoken. But man, this looks good for food. Well, has God really spoken? Well, yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's real pleasant to the eyes. Not only is it, does it look like it tastes good, it's just pretty. 
I mean, it's prettier than those other fruits. And after all, if we eat it, we'll know a lot more. And they began to allow that doubt to creep into their heart and pull up those thorns of life, began to pull up and choke out the word of the Lord. Now, from this point forward, the plan of God has been this. Get my creation, my man, my woman, back to the Garden of Eden. Because of this, what happened in chapter 3, because the Lord spoke, but doubt brought destruction to what they had, He's had to make a plan and has brought the plan forth through Christ Jesus to get everybody back to the Garden of Eden. Back to the place of walking and talking with God. Back to the place of enjoying the presence of God. Getting back to that place. And it was lost because what they heard, they doubted. Because what they heard, they didn't receive it and mix it up with faith. They allowed what they heard to be less than the word of the Lord, but just a word. Turn with me to Matthew 4 is where we're closing today. I'm bringing it to an end. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted, Forty days and forty nights, he was afterwards hungry. I guess that puts a hole in my theory where I tell Laura after about four hours I'm starving to death. But here he is, forty days, forty nights, and he is hungry. Verse 3, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. If you're really who God says you are, make these stones become bread. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. Turn these stones. You're hungry. You've got the power. And after all, if you're the son of God, this is an easy thing. Now you notice, Jesus, he multiplies bread on two different occasions that we see. So it's not that he can't but the Father didn't command him to. He said in the book of John, he said, I only do what I've seen my Father do. I only say what I've heard my Father say. And he put his flesh under. When you get to a place where you have nothing left to do but believe God, you've got to put the flesh under. And you say, I'm not going to believe the report of the flesh. I'm not going to believe the report of what I feel. It may be there. Those stones may be there, but I'm not going to allow it to become something that it shouldn't be. Verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus replies to Satan's doubt that's coming in with more of God's word. Yes, I believe I'm the Son of God, but I also believe that I don't just live by bread alone. I'm living by the word of God. How do you confront doubt? with more of God's word. Verse 5, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, and he set him on the pinnacle of a temple. And he said unto them, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it's written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. The lust of the eyes. Cast yourself off. And that which you see, your beauty, your body, your physical appearance, won't even be hurt. See this high, high height? Jump off. It'll be okay. After all, you like the word of God. Here's some word of the Lord. Did it not say that even if you, you know, if something happens, the angel will come pick you up so you don't even dash your foot? Yeah, it did say that, Satan. But it said it in the context of those that are living under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, is it not written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God? Confronting more doubt with more of God's word. 
Satan always does that. He doesn't have any new tricks. He tries one way. Let's see. It's like a flip chart. Let's see if I can get them on this. Can I get them with the flesh? No, it won't work. All right. Uh, can I get them with what they see? Mm-hmm, I can't do that either. Let's see what he tries next. Verse 8. Again, the devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, the pride of life. Jesus is the Son of God and King of kings. But he's like, rather David was like him, but Jesus is like David. He can't just use his power to become king. He has to do it God's way. What do I mean by that? David could have killed Saul two different times to become what God said he was supposed to be, the king of Israel. But he said, I can't touch the Lord's anointed. I can't do what God said is done just by my own might. I have to yield and obey to the word of the Lord. And Jesus said, I am king and I will sit in this throne in Jerusalem, but it won't be by your power, Satan. It won't be because you got me off the word of the Lord. The pride of life comes in and will try to get you to think, well, God said this, but it's too hard. How can I make it work? And he said unto them, all these things I will give you, verse 9, if you'll fall down and worship me. If you'll just fall down and worship me. You know, I just feel like if I lived like everybody else in the world, I could have what I want. I don't want what they got. That's right. They can have, if, if I got to live in, dead, in, in, the, in, in death and in sin and in brokenness and heartache and anxieties and fears and depressions and without, without peace and without joy, I don't want any stuff. I don't want anything that I can see with my eyes. I know that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. I'm believing God for sorrowless wealth and riches in every area of life. Richness in my marriage. Richness in my family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, (laughs) praise God. Today is 21 weeks of my wife carrying my daughter. We had opportunities to believe and to doubt. We got reports. They said one thing. But I knew what my God said. That children are the inheritance of God. And He doesn't love me any less than anyone else. I saw in his word, he said, I will increase you and your children more and more. I said, Father, how are you going to increase the children if they're not here? I'm believing you're giving me children. I could have chose to believe what I saw with my eyes, what I felt in my body, or what I heard other people say. I could have, we had some, thank God for a godly wife. I hope you understand, and I, I, for me, I have, to, I have to remember sometimes, you know, I've been raised up in this for 30 years. Understand, I sometimes like those children of Israel. I heard it, but I didn't mix it with faith. But I appreciate you. You know, a lot of y'all, y'all come from different backgrounds. And, it's, and when you first got here, it was new. But you weren't offended because of the word. You gladly received it. And I thank God for a godly wife because she could have chose to, you know, not be ridiculed. But we're going to hold our baby in 19 weeks. Ridicule on. No problem. No problem with God. No problem with God. I'm choosing to believe the Word of God despite any other report in the earth. And I'll stand and see the power of God. When you choose to believe the report of the Lord, I'm telling you, it's not, you don't have to answer the question, how am I going to do it? You can't do it. You won't do it. But the power of God will move on the faithful so that the arm of the Lord is revealed in your life. And just dare to believe God. Just dare to believe God. There's nothing impossible with God. With men, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. To him who believes, nothing is impossible. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. If you believe, all things are possible. Stand up with me this morning as we close out in prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness. And we thank you, Father, that you are faithful. You have never failed. You will not fail, and you're not going to start with us. You are faithful to your word, Father, and we magnify your name, Father. We thank you that every glorious, impossible miracle with man is made possible with you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, everything in your word that men would say, how can it be? We will say the Lord has done a great thing in us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the work of your Holy Spirit, God, in us, conforming us to your word. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I choose to believe your report. I choose to believe your word in every, every area of life. I refuse to doubt anything in me that bears doubt. Cut it away. Let only that which brings fruit, fruit of faith, fruit of victory, remain in me. Have your way in me. Let your will be manifested in me. Because I believe your word, in Jesus' name, I'll stand. Strengthen me to stand, Father. I thank you. You're strengthening me to stand. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you believe that, shout unto God. Hallelujah. 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 Impossible things with man are being done in your life. Impossible things with man. That which is impossible with man is being done in your life. Let anything that comes up in your heart or your mind that troubles you, Speak to that trouble and say, this is what God has said. And I will see His power in my life. You got something in your body? Look, I'm telling you, He can heal you. And He can do creative miracles. You got something missing, you need it, He can make it. He can fix what's broken. He can replace what ain't there. And He can take out what He didn't put in. You have need of provision and money to meet your bills. Take care of your family. He's a good Father. And He'll rain out good and perfect gifts in your life. Every time something that comes up that troubles your heart, reply to it with the Word of God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord.